Welcome everyone to SaaScast, the podcast that talks you through the steps you need to future-proof your product, whether that's building the ultimate marketing team or taking your products global. Our guests will help you grow, scale up, and work smarter. Hi, Mira. Thanks so much for joining us on SaaScast today. Well, thank you for having me, Anthony. It's a pleasure to be here. Is uh, I'm sure our audience really, really can benefit from this discussion. I wonder if we could just start by just introducing yourself and telling us about a little bit more about your current role as a CEO of Sama. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so Sama is a SaaS. Uh, we work with companies and we provide uh, business coaching at scale to their team through our platform. Uh, and then employees have access to the best coaches around the globe. Uh, so some call it a super SaaS, super SaaS because there's a human element attached to it. Um, and I founded the, the company together with my co-founder now a couple of years ago. That's really, it's a really great idea. Yeah. It just shows that there's, there's a SaaS for, for so many different things now. I love how broad it is, you know, but yeah, that idea of connecting people with different coaches, I think, especially in a world where everything's more virtual now, it's great that you can, um, that you can really, you've tapped into that and you've utilized that, you know? Yeah. yeah and we, we've really seen the benefit of, you know, it's it's always really hard to find the right person at the right time. Um, and we've, we've really seen the benefit of being able to leverage uh, technology to to make the perfect match happen uh, if you want. So when otherwise you wouldn't have the opportunity to do that. Um, so it's quite unique. And the impact, the impact is huge, especially in DEIB, actually. Yeah, of course, yeah. Did you see a massive um, increase during the pandemic? So increase in terms of utilization? Yeah, absolutely. I think like a lot of other uh, digital tools or platforms, they did benefit from the pandemic because um, it, it changed the way of working and people were able to see that you can develop very intimate uh, rapports with other individuals uh, virtually. Yeah. And also people sort of, I think a lot of people kind of took stock of what they were doing, didn't they? And were kind of like, I want to learn new skills, you know, and learn new upskill in different ways. I think obviously we'd never be, uh, we we never um, wish for that uh, pandemic to occur again, but I think that everyone kind of made uh, lemonade out of it as they yeah. In the sense that, you know, in terms of how they were able to upskill and how they were able to take stock of where they were, I think, and what they were doing. So it's really, it's really great that you would, they yeah. would have that at that time, I think. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I think that a lot of warts of organization uh, came to the surface as well throughout um, things that were more hidden because, or hidden, you know, in, 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 in public or, or um you know came to the surface during the pandemic also and the burnout depression uh discrepancies inequalities inequities uh really came out as well yeah for sure and, I, and I, i'm really glad you brought that up because i think it really brings us nicely into our topic today um also with your platform the importance of mentorship i think that's really an integral part of what we're talking about with dei um so I just wanted to start, let's just start really, really basic here. And what does it, what does it actually mean for you? And why, why should we be talking about this in a podcast like SASCast? 
So what what does uh, DEI mean in in general, um, or why do we find it important? I think what what it means for you, and also like and then broadly like what why should we be talking about it in relation to SaaS? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So you know, for us DEI, um, we view this as a, and we actually add the B, so B for belonging. Uh, so we view DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion as extremely topical and and important for any organizations, um, but also including SaaS because uh, things move very very quickly and you need to to take advantage of innovation and uh, be agile. Uh, so by that, I mean the first element being diversity. So you want uh, your demo, the demographic of your workforce uh, or of your colleagues to be diverse in terms of, you know, every everything. So including race, gender, gender orientation, you know, age, uh, disability, um, religion, socioeconomic status, uh, education, work experience, because, uh, you know, we always think of things in terms of experience and, and where do you come from? Where do you go to school? And and that really um, creates a lot of um, limitation when you're thinking of opportunities and equity which is basically the equal access to opportunities um uh, regardless of people's backgrounds um or identities and then inclusion is creating that um environment where people can 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 be themselves and and can add uh, value can feel value and feel respected and included in the work environment. Um, and then ultimately belonging is, is, is that, you know, it's the, it's the sentiment that you are part of a community, um, and that you're able to contribute and seen for, for your value and all of that. So all of that is extremely, um, important and, those create, you know, workplace and communities that um, all those elements that that are extremely important for uh, the tech environment, the SaaS environment. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you've added in the be the belonging, because um, I think it's so important, isn't it? And, I, and again, I go back to what I was talking about with I love how you use that phrase, um, exposed a lot of warts, the kind of pandemic, I think. One of the issues that it exposed was 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 the need for rapport in teams, mm. and in 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 organisations, and I think that the need, the fact that we were all sort of going on Zoom all of a sudden, talking remotely, made us realise how important it was actually, um, and I think that's really an integral part of of what you're talking about. DEIB is kind of like it's about make creating that trust, isn't it? between the team, which then leads to, to, to good work, you know, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and trust, I think that's a extremely important point. Uh, trust is key. Trust is the basic element, obviously of any economy, but, but specifically of, of, of organizations and the, from trust, you then have the ability to have 
true transparent debates and you you feel that you can be vulnerable in your in your team and organization and then that allows you to focus on priorities and action um but if you don't have that element of trust uh and before that you know if you don't feel that you you belong and that you are heard uh then you remain siloed and you are not getting the most out of your people no absolutely yeah i think it's so so important i think it's you find it so often that you know essential information maybe doesn't get communicated mm. feel belonging i think that's the you know for example like if we if we mess up or something which you know happens because we're all human beings like um it's it's essential isn't it that people feel safe and being able to be we're going back to the idea of safety uh, be feel safe confiding in someone about it I think really comes perhaps from an effective um, inclusivity program or, you know, DEIB. I think it can really assist with that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because you're raising a, a very good point. If you don't feel safe, then you won't be raising red flags. Yeah. Uh, then, then you're, you're, you know, you can you can go into a, a huge risk uh, loophole or or drop. So, so there's there's so much benefit uh, of of creating an environment of inclusivity and belonging. And it, the the challenge is that you need a lot of fluidity within the organization um, or a lot of permeability to enable that. And you need the whole organization to be on board can we go can we unpack that further fluidity and permeability i i think i'd like to go into that more what what do you mean by that in terms of of how you um integrate deib so traditionally your traditionally organizations are very much pyramidal you know um so direction guidance come from the top uh, but the reality is that uh, your education or your experience at the top is 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 not current, or um, you continuously need to evolve. You know what you've learned at school is based on um, knowledge that that is twenty or thirty year old. So when you come out of school, your knowledge is already um not current anymore yeah. so so when you when you know typically when when you uh build a business when you're at the top when you're at the c-suite or the management level uh in in those pyramidal organizations is then your view of the world becomes less and less and less current um and you need a true dynamic between all levels and whether it's horizontal or or vertical of the organization in terms of not only knowledge share but also value share and and the how um so the 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 power or the agency doesn't cannot only come from the top uh, it also has to come from the bottom and again i'm referring here to a very pyramidal point of view of organizations. Um, but there needs to be much more fluidity in the way that knowledge is shared, communicated, um, and that that agency is provided uh, to people. So you need to empower your team 
uh, at different levels in order to to truly uh, embrace DEIB um, and then also be innovative um, and agile in this world. So sorry, I, I just like went on uh, and there's a lot there, but effectively uh, you need a much more, call it, you know, democratic or distributed um, power in order to truly embrace this, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What does that look like in practice then in action? What what does the fluidity like you can use? Maybe, maybe we can go into some concrete examples of what organizations have done in particular to try. Because I imagine if, you, if especially if you're in an organization where you've had that pyramidal kind of structure, the more kind of hierarchical, um, how do we fix it? How do we get there? What What would be your steps? Well, so, so it's it's a complete par- paradigm shift. Um, but if we take it in smaller pieces, um, mm-hmm. you have things that are more tactical, like reverse mentorship, uh, where you have people from different backgrounds, from different generation, and so forth that exchange with people from call it the majority, uh, and therefore it's an exchange of of knowledge, viewpoints, and so forth that allows you to be inspired and 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 better include um, other populations. Uh, but then from a from a more structural uh, perspective, um, then it's a question of how can you create organizations where the power is not necessarily hierarchical or um or position based uh but much more a question of call it tech, talk, more like um swap teams uh, or project based teams where people are working as teams based on specific projects um and that are much more uh based on a need uh versus a hierarchy uh, and everybody, and there's much more fluidity in the in in terms of how are we sharing resources, um, empowering people, but that's a completely different paradigm shift. Um, there's there's a good book on this um, called um, from Frédéric Leroux um, called I believe um, Reinventing Organizations. And that, that 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 specifically deals with that. How do we how do we undo undo this kind of exactly pyramidal structure? Sorry, I got the word wrong. Yeah, well, that's really really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't. Um, I think that's happening more and more now. I think uh, one of the things I'm happy to see is that that old culture. I think of like you know, this is the way it goes because I say so from the top seems to be really shifting i think in the corporate world and i think people feel a lot more empowered to say like you know no you have to there has to be a shared sense of values within the the organization doesn't there i think and and i think it's important for company for organizations to have their values you know yeah absolutely um there there still needs to be some flexibility in in looking at how how the organization evolves also from a value standpoint um 
each generation have a different approach and set of dominating values as the generation prior. And it shouldn't be any different for organizations as well. Um, there needs to be more ingrained adaptability uh, from the organizations because actually organizations are not humans. Organizations are, are a, a construct uh, that is immortal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's but how do you? That's a really interesting question, isn't it? Like, how do we? We talk a lot about being agile and being adaptable, but how do we bake that in to to the way that we work on a day to day basis? Um, we we're very good at sort of coming up with policies and procedures, but how do we make adaptability itself part of the process? I think that's a big challenge. And I think it probably does require, like you said, like just a kind of just a culture shift really is how you get there. Um, maybe. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's a culture shift and it's also a, a structural shift. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, so let's talk more about then like some of the the the, the, be- the positive, uh, well, the, the benefits of it what um i don't want to be too cynical about this obviously it's an ethical and moral obligation but let's just do that let's just go into that like what is what are the actual tangible benefits i think there are probably a lot of people out there who don't see how this could have they see it as like a fluffy term they don't see how it's actually going to benefit the way that we work but let's go a little bit more into that we've mentioned how it creates trust what else does it do um that, that can benefit or um your SaaS organization so, so it is it is a is it is a moral or obligation, uh, but moral or ethical obligation are never fully detached from value. It's like ESG. I mean, it is a component of ESG, um, but it's really about the how. Um, and I'll give you an example in my own experience of having a diverse team. So we have an incredibly diverse team at Sama. Um, and it's absolutely part of our of our core. Uh, even our coaches have training on on how to support DEIB uh, and 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 embrace it. But when we founded Sama, so we were diverse from the start, uh, background, culture, you name it. Um, and what was incredible was that when we created the product, we had so many different views and inputs around the table is that when we launched the product, it was pretty much a winning product from the start because we were able to integrate all those different points of views. Now, there's debate, there's uh, you know, the ability to listen and translate and integrate those points of views. But effectively, you know, the product has changed very little. Obviously, we continuously augment it. But the core of what was built based on these diverse points of views made us A, have a, a, a fantastic product from the start and B, do it in an extremely quick and streamlined manner. Um, so 
there's there is a lot of benefits there you know just from a statistical point of view that that mckenzie or bcg refer to uh, such as you know increasing your bottom line by 19% like reducing your team turnover um, by 2.4 times for uh, diverse or equity seeking population so there's tons of stats to back it up uh, but it's in order to not take that only as a check the box exercise, people really need to believe in it and see the real change that it can deliver. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and 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 really, when you you don't have to think that hard about it, I think to see how it can benefit your bottom line. You know, even without the stats, I don't think. Like, I feel like every organization wants diverse points of view. Surely. Like they want to, they want to bring in a broad pool of talent and and expertise. I would think, you know, or that can that can sort of mm, work. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I you you would think that, and on paper, absolutely. Uh, but I come from the legal and the the investment world prior to to founding Sama and. Even though we say we want diversity, in practice, we want people to think and work a certain way in order to to be comfortable and we think to go more quickly. But it takes time to see the benefit and embrace it. And that's why that's that's why you have such a huge turnover with equity equity seeking population it's because their voice is not heard and it's because organizations are not able to be sufficiently inclusive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's really just about sort of shaking off the shackles of, of old ways of working i suppose uh, you mentioned before demo the word democratic and i think mm. interesting that like you know we've we've sort of I don't want to like democracy is not a new thing now, (laughs) you know, especially in the West. And but but it's funny how, you know, we've we we say that this is a thing that we value, isn't it? And yet until relatively recently in history, a lot of organizations around the world just haven't operated that way, you know, Mm. and it's like we've still maintained this 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 kind of system where this the the boss is like the, the the emperor calling all the shots in a way and and it's again there's not much respect for what what people underneath them are doing i feel like it's long overdue in a way it's interesting like like in terms of like our cultural values that this should be a thing you know or it should have been earlier mm, yeah certainly um how can dei impact coaching and mentorship relationships and, and what what can business expect business expect from investing in in these kind of coaching partnerships uh, well, so so mentorship is a little bit different because mentorship is a little bit more like having a role model, whereas a coach is having a sparing partner or a guide. So the relationship are slightly different. So I'll just touch on that. Uh, but m- what mentorship can bring uh, to organizations 
I, I think it's extremely important. Um, and often finding mentors within your organization or your industry is extremely, extremely important and beneficial. I think that everybody should have their own personal board of advisors. Um, but one thing that I, I really like is reverse mentorship. Um, and again, to create kind of that ability for people to embrace different perspectives and therefore be intentional in who you work with as a mentor um, as well. Uh, and, and also the importance of having a diverse set of mentors within your um, your organization and, and matching people in that way as as well. Um, and there was a stat that I, I saw uh, the other day from BCG that said that when there was diversity in senior leadership, 85% of the population felt belonging versus um, if there was not, uh, then it's 53%. So you really see the huge difference there uh, that diversity can have um, in your population and, and often mentors come from leadership. Uh, and coaching, what's very important with coaching is that coaching allows people to through their strengths, better navigate the organization in a very authentic way. So your coach is there to be that sparing partner, be that third party who is not linked to your organization and who is really there as a as your biggest champion sponsor and helps give back agency to people and helps people be more self-aware and be able to find the best path within their network, within their organization to be successful. Um, and it creates therefore, you know, more adaptability. It helps people deal with their emotions um, and get the most out of, um, all the resources they have. So it it it's so important um, because I think it's the most impactful tool one could ever have in their career, but it's so important because um, it's a tool that allows people to better adapt even in organizations that are not mm. set up um, or call it that are more traditional. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's a great point. I I, I think, yeah. I, I, so let's let's dig into leadership a little bit more. Then, I mean, what 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 kind of how can they set that example? What can we see? Mm -hmm. So so again, depending on on how your organization is structured and how power is distributed, but but. Yes. So whomever has more influence needs to exemplify and really embrace DEIB uh, because if they don't, uh, then they are not creating is that that environment to be inclusive and therefore whereby equity seeking populations uh, will want to work 
Um, so those are extremely important. So anybody who has influence within the organization need to really believe in 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 this. And I mean, to your point earlier, it's it's a no brainer. However, uh, there is still a lot of um, friction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and what what is the friction? Like, where where does it come to? Do, do people just not believe that it's going to be beneficial, or is it? Or is it again? Does it come from that need to get things done quick? And the uh, like, where does it come from? Among leadership, the friction. I think I I think it's a it's a combination of of so many different factors. Uh, get things done quick absolutely so you you just go back to what you're normally used to i think there's fear fear of the unknown fear of uh, not having experienced it yourself um it's trust ultimately what do you trust you trust things experiences people who you understand and therefore tend to look and feel like you. It's much easier to understand somebody who has had a similar background as you come, comes from the same, you know, family experiences and so forth. So that is the, the challenge. It's how do you trust people who are so different so different yeah definitely and it's i i think it definitely um i know we're not really focused we haven't focused on that much today but i think a lot of modern or recent research shows that a lot of modern customers especially gen z care a lot more about the values of their organization um that's the thing that we we're seeing a lot as well and so they should um i think but then it's i think because of that they're also a lot more savvy and a lot more, um, they can see through a lot of like the kind of um, empty talk that you see sometimes from people, you know, we're, di we're diverse and inclusive. It's easy to say that, isn't it? And it's easy to put, a, I don't know, a rain, a, a, an ad out with a rainbow flag or whatever it is you're gonna do, but they wanna see action. Um, and I suppose that comes from, uh, I don't know, uh, for example, a, a, a low employee churn rate, low customer churn rate, um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? What do you think it looks like um, when 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 you when you can see that a company is really doing well with DEIB? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Um, I I'm I think the I think you're absolutely right. The Gen Zs are are asking for it, and I'm very excited about the alpha generation as well. Uh, so every time it becomes more core to a generation's value. And I think that's absolutely great. Uh, what does good look like? Um, you know, it's obviously looking at lagging indicators such as your employee turnover, uh, whether it's broadly or turnover within your diverse and equity seeking populations mm -hmm. it's a percentage of mobility mm -hmm. also you know uh, promotion um uh, allocation of resources bonuses um within your equity seeking populations um 
because that is very telling as well. Uh, and, and then now we have a lot of tools that allow us to measure things in in a more authentic manner. Um, and, you know, you have your general employee engagement tools like Pecan or Qualtrics that now also include factors of uh, a DEI or you have very specific tools that are focused on 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 that, uh, such as Diversio. Um, so you have all sorts of different measurements um, out there that you can, whether external tools or tools that you have in-house as well to to measure those things. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And also, you, um, I think that people aren't shy anymore to get on those kind of, um, I guess, like employee review sites as mm-hmm. well. I know a lot of organizations are a lot more concerned about this now um because because if, if if you have a bad culture and a lot of employees aren't happy they have the power now to let everyone know <laughs> you know this is the thing isn't it um so i think it reputation is is a lot more important because i i know for myself like i will always look at things like that you know mm-hmm. they do it the same way that i'd look at a review for a restaurant or a, or a book that i want i would look if i'm thinking of applying for a place i'm gonna look and i'm gonna see actually not just what the job but even more so like am i going to be happy here am i going to feel a sense of community i'm going to feel a sense of belonging if not it doesn't matter how good the salary is or what the job is how good the career prospects are going to be afterwards i don't want to be part of it you know absolutely absolutely it's so important and it's so well recognized now the need for your people to be thriving uh, within your organization because Ultimately, people are spending most of their lifetime at work, yeah. life wake time at work, and and it's, it's it's well, you know, it's a it's a wastage of human potential, but it's also a human tragedy uh, when people are not happy at work. Yeah, do you know what? It's so funny you said that. I was literally just talking to someone about that the other day. I said, like, if you actually count up all the hours in your life that are spent working. Like it's probably, it's, it's an incredible amount of time, isn't it? And so if you're not happy doing what you're doing, I mean, it's so, it's so awful, really. And I think like remote work has, has opened up a lot of possibilities in the sense that maybe you're cutting down on the commute. There's a bit more flexibility. So maybe people are getting a bit more of that time back. And I think as that, that coupled with what you're talking about, these kind of paradigm shifts, hopefully can lead us to a more uh, balanced life work well life <laughs> lack of a better term you know um yeah you're right life because work is part of life absolutely totally is yeah and i think the two have to complement each other don't they mm-hmm. uh you can't really separate the two um completely at all um well that's great okay well let's um are there any ways then that we can actually like, are there any particular metrics that we would look at to look at the, the outcomes of it or what, what, like, say, I know we've talked about like, Oh, you know, the churn rate of, of, of certain demographics, but what can we, can we just lay them out? Like what, what specifically, if you're going to measure DEI in your org, what, what key metrics or figures are we looking at? Well, there's 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 a science between behind inclusion indexes, for instance. Um, uh, so, 
I will leave that to the experts. Uh, but then you have a lot of other things like the level of resilience of people. Um, you have also more, more um, tactical things such as the, the number of innovations that have gone um, out within your department department or organization, uh, you have revenue uh, and and EBITDA numbers as well that you can compare between yourself and your competitors. You have your customer satisfaction or NPS scores. Um, so you have really a plethora of, honestly, you can look at any KPI of an organization and compare it with between a, a an organization that have a more diverse and inclusive um, approach uh, versus not, and so you can see the the difference. Uh, thanks for joining us. I think our audience are really going to benefit from this discussion. All right, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of SaaScast. Please join us next time for more top insights from leading minds in SaaS.